In the practice of insight meditation, we are invited to explore what it means to be a conscious human being, what it means to be alive and to be awake in the midst of our life. This rather simple invitation has many possibilities, many layers of unfoldment, we could say. The initial orientation that we are invited to establish is, as I mentioned last night, very much towards connecting with what's actually happening, coming into a conscious and sensitive relationship with the actuality, the immediacy of our experience. Acknowledging, recognizing how much of the time our mind is not actually oriented towards what is now, but is in fact much more drawn into and often entangled with stories of past and fantasies or nightmares about the future. And so much of our energy, so much of the vitality of our life is lost in that entrancement, that entanglement. And equally so much opportunity for discovery is uh, lost when we're not very fully present. And so in the practice we have the opportunity to develop, to, we could say, strengthen or grow in our capacity to be more fully conscious. It's not something we can just do as an act of will and just decide, okay, now I'm going to stop having thoughts about past and future and I'll just abide in the present. Sounds like a good idea. We can't just do that. But what we can do is make the intention to connect with where we are more fully and to keep returning to that connection, that possibility. This is always an option for us. And what's important is actually that we make that choice. Perhaps one of the most important choices, maybe the only real choice we ever get to make in our life. Will I be present? Will I make that effort or not? And as I just mentioned, it's, there's a certain effort involved because we encounter the, the stream of our mind. We encounter the pull of our conditioning, our habits. The fact that the very world around us, and it seems the world within us, has a urge and an urgency of momentum that pulls or pushes, it seems compels, and at times can feel like we are dominated by it. And while this is an understandable interpretation of the experience, the truth is that we are not dominated, or do not need to be dominated, shall we say. We have the possibility of freeing our heart and mind from this entanglement, from this enchantment, and from the the dissatisfaction, the frustration, the conflict and the pain that arises in our life and that is there in the world when we live 
distant from the truth of the present moment, of what is here right now. And so, in terms of Dharma practice and teachings, and the dhar- Dharma is the word we use to refer to the way things are, used in both the, uh, the Buddhist and the, uh, the Sanskrit and the yogic teachings, it's referring to the way things are and the teachings about the way things are. In, in Dharma practice, we're, we're interested in the way things are, coming to understand what is true. And the place of that understanding is right where we are. That's, this is the place, always. And so we, we practice coming again and again into contact with, exploring what allows us and supports us to be more and more wholeheartedly present, more connected, more sensitive, more conscious in that encounter with our immediate experience. And as a foundation for that, as a platform to support that, giving attention to our body and our breathing is immensely helpful, incredibly beneficial. Because the body, the breath, it's always here, it's always now. The breathing accompanies us in the journey of our life from birth, when we take our first breath after we're born, until the last breath leaves our body at the time of death. And the body in which that breathing takes place, it's never in the past or in the future. It's always here. Our mind can be anywhere, it seems. Everywhere at times, it feels like. But the body's always here, and so it's just a simple reference that we can return to and connect with. But important not to somehow confuse or, or make the assumption that the breath in the body is the present moment, and that if we're not with the breath or body, somehow we're not in the present moment. It's an expression, it's an aspect, it's part of what's here and now, always. And therefore it's useful, and therefore we make use of it. And so the instructions will invite us more and more to ground ourselves in that. But in order to be more conscious, to be more awake, to see what's happening in our heart, in our mind, in our body, and in this life that moves through us and around us. So... To understand the tools and the techniques of the meditative process as supports for this consciousness, this wakefulness, the sense of presence or connection. Mindfulness is a word that's used often and very commonly now in, um, in our culture, deriving from the same, the same sense or possibility of, of being present in a way in which we're not trying to evaluate or assess or judge in any way or analyse particularly what's happening. We simply want to know what's happening. The understanding and the wisdom that we seek comes from that quality of open, interested and caring presence that we can bring to our experience. And so, just noticing what it's like for yourself as you bring your attention into your body. How is it 
for you, for this body, right now, right here. Without any expectation or demand that it should be a certain way. Asking it as an open question. How, how is it? It might be comfortable, easeful, soft, warm, pleasurable, bright. It might be uncomfortable, tense, contracted, aching, weary, heavy, tingling, anything we might notice. Just sensing, this is how my body is right now. Body and mind are very much connected and influencing each other. So as we come into contact with our body, we're also coming into contact with our mind. By being conscious of body, we start to notice our mind as well. So rather than trying to look at the mind directly, we just notice what we notice it as we pay attention to our body and our breath. In the sitting meditation, really useful to take a few moments to feel the way your body rests on the cushion or the seat or the bench that you're sitting on. So feeling the weight of your body pressing down So there's a firmness that sort of our buttocks, our bottom encounters a firmness, a hardness, whatever it feels. It might be soft if you've got a particularly soft cushion, but there's still a sense of firm weightiness. Just that sense of connection with the ground, very helpful. sense of feeling the, the ground beneath us. Something we can rest on. Just noticing maybe where your feet touch. If you're in a chair, useful to have the feet flat on the ground. If you need to put a little cushion underneath them so they can touch the ground, do that, maybe for the next sitting. If you're sitting on the floor and um, you're sitting cross-legged in some form and your, your, your knees are not touching the ground, that's fine. Sometimes that's how our body is. But it can be helpful to take a blanket or a cushion or something and just place it under the, under the knee in such a way as to support the leg. So it's not sort of hanging or flapping or bouncing out there. And in that way there's a sense of stability, support, groundedness. It's also really useful, and you might need to get another cushion for this later, or or experiment with a blanket to adjust the height of your cushion. It's really useful to have your pelvis certainly not below your knees. Ideally, even just a fraction higher than your knees. Because otherwise the lower back and belly have to work quite hard to keep you upright. If the knees are slightly below, so slightly below the pelvis, the body can quite easily naturally find a comfortable posture. But this is something to experiment with. I'm not it's not some absolute. I'm sure there's people who find it comfortable and easeful to sit with their knees pointing upwards. But I don't, so that's my suggestion for you. Having felt and established consciously a sense of connection with the ground, then feeling the upright quality of your body, the way in which the the torso extends up from that ground, from the earth, from the seat, effectively, and extends upwards through the back, neck, head, a sense of elevation, extension. The head can be light upon the shoulders rather than sort of hanging or heavy. Just having a sense of lifting as if the the head was, you know, just possibly, you know, attached to a helium balloon. Just giving a little bit of buoyancy. 
So noticing what that's like, just a sense of upright, without leaving the ground and yet extended vertically. It's a quality of sort of capacity, of strength, of, of brightness, of uprightness expressed in the torso, in that posture. And we can see that habitually we tend to sort of slump a little bit. Many of us, certainly I do. So just a little intentionality, a little, again, gentle, firm support for the body, upright. And then establishing that sense of uprightness through the core of your body, allowing the rest of your body to soften, to relax, to be at ease, so far as it can. We so often habitually carry tension, contraction, in the form of resistance or struggle with our experience one way or another that in our body shows up as places of tightness, of density, or sometimes dullness and numbness. But here particularly just noticing that there may be tension. It's not that that's bad or shouldn't be there, but it's not always helpful or supportive for our well-being. And so we can invite the possibility of it releasing. Tension isn't something we can make go away, but we can allow or invite it to to reduce, to soften, to dissolve. So maybe noticing for a few moments around your face, just maybe around the eyes or the mouth. If there's tension or tightness, just let yourself feel it. And if you feel it, then perhaps as you breathe out, you can have a sense of just breathing out with and into that area of tension, letting the breath be an invitation to softening, to releasing, to relaxing, without needing to be a demand. Because if we make demands, then that just increases the tension. It doesn't really work. So we may notice around the jaw or the neck also, it can be tension. And if there isn't tension, just notice what is there. Release the jaw if we're holding it, as we often do. I often notice just sort of teeth clenched together, and they don't need to be. They're just softening, feeling over the, the shoulders. If they're lifting or raised, we can just really invite them to begin to soften, to sink down, to ease into the body, into the earth, through the body, towards the earth at least. Don't have to get our shoulders all the way to the ground. And as we do that, you may notice that the sense of sort of becoming in contact with also where maybe we hold tension in the chest, if it feels tight or contracted at all, just allowing it to be open. And likewise, the belly can be soft. If it wants to hang forward a little bit, let it hang forward, let it hang out. Don't need to hold it in. Not here to look good. And maybe we don't even notice that we do that. It's habitual. It may not be about looking good. It might just be a way in which we hold tension. Anxiety often in the belly. So just breathing into the chest and belly quite fully, letting yourself feel how the in-breath just opens the space up there the air enters into the body. So maybe taking a consciously and intentionally fuller than normal breath. 
breathing in without forcing but just fully and then as the breath comes to its fullness the in-breath fills then just releasing letting the out-breath come out again just fully releasing maybe noticing how there's a softening of the torso with that breath with that out-breathing the chest and the belly can just begin to soften And generally in the meditation we're not trying to change or affect the breathing or do any particular kind of breathing. It's important that we are non-coercive, non-manipulative with our experience. And yet it can be helpful for many people just in the beginning of the sitting to consciously, intentionally take a fuller breath for three or four breaths. So we can just do that. See what that's like for you. Just breathing in more fully, breathing out. If you find yourself very drowsy at this time, you can open your eyes. If you're nodding or dipping or dull or heavy, open your eyes and let them be softly focused on the ground in front of you. Taking a full breath in, being conscious of that experience. Releasing that out-breath, allowing it to go all the way out. If you're really drowsy, there's something else I'll suggest for you, which is you can lift your arms up above your head and hold them there, and it's very supportive. So actually, perhaps everyone can try that. See what that's like, lifting your arms up above your head Extending them into the air and just for a moment staying present with that experience, still breathing. And uh, meditation, pretty much anything can happen, I have to say. There's no guarantees. But it is pretty much guaranteed that you can't fall asleep with your arms held up in the air. So if you're struggling with drowsiness, this is a wonderful solution. I find it very helpful. I use it often. And if you notice, when you hold them there for a little bit longer, it requires a little effort. Now, if your body can't do this, that's okay. But if you make that little bit of effort to hold your arms up, that brightens and supports the mind. And it also helps free up any tension or contraction there might be in the shoulders and chest that's inhibiting the flow of energy through the body and that might be part of why we sometimes experience drowsiness, heaviness. So putting your arms down slowly, feeling what it's like as you bring them down, Returning them to your lap or your thighs or however you were. Allowing them to rest in your posture. And just taking one more deeper, fuller breath. Just feeling your whole body inflate and fill with the air. And now allowing your breathing to be natural. To be just as it is. And letting your attention explore that experience. Be interested in it. Just to know what's happening, what it's like, how it is to be breathing for you right now.
And you may notice the breath in any aspect or expression of it in your body. You may notice particular regions such as the nostrils or the throat or the chest or the belly. You may notice the whole flow of breath in and out through those areas or the sense of your whole body expanding and contracting with each breath as it does. And I'd encourage you to allow that experience of your breathing and your attention to it to be quite open and expansive. Don't try and force or sort of compress your attention or your breath into a particular place. Allow it to be open, to be fluid, to be in a way expansive. We have a sense of participating consciously in the breathing experience. And if it's hard to notice anything of the breathing, and sometimes it's not easy, you may find it helpful or useful, particularly if you're new to this practice, to, to gently place the open palm of one hand on your belly or in the sort of lower middle area of your chest. And you'll notice when you do that that it often has a sense of amplifying the experience of the movement of the breath. It becomes more noticeable tangibly. So if you're straining to locate anything of your breathing, don't strain. Without changing your breath, just in a way adding the sensitivity of your palm to the experience, it becomes more accessible. And you're welcome to use your hand in that way to gently contact the breathing experience in your body, if that's helpful, for as much or not at all if you don't feel it useful. And so for now, just settling into this simple process and experience of breathing. not trying to have a particular breath or get the breath right in any way. Just however your breath reveals itself is fine. There are special breathing trainings and techniques we can develop and through yoga and many things and wonderful, beneficial, useful, important trainings. And in the context of this practice... The training here is of the heart and mind. We're not trying to train the breathing. So we just let the breathing do what it does. And noticing if there's any way in which we want it to be different than it is, see if we can just let it be and yet be sensitive to it, connected with it. The air is drawn in, flowing over the upper lip and through the nostrils, down the throat, passages into the chest and the lungs as the chest expands and the belly rises. And as the belly falls and the chest drops, the air moves up through from the lungs, through the throat, out the nostrils. 
simple rhythm of breathing. Nothing we have to do, no result you need to produce here. Just noticing this, connecting with this. And for now, seeing if you can be just fully interested in this. without evaluation, without analysis, just the experience as it is. Your body breathing, expressing its aliveness, sustaining your very life as it does breath by breath. And at times your attention will be drawn away from your breathing to other experiences. To notice when this happens, that this happens, it does, of course. And in the moment of noticing, there's no need to feel that we've been distracted or disrupted, or to determine that in any way we may have failed. This is not true, not so, not true. It's simply that the mind has moved. And in the moment of noticing, we're present. We're conscious. In that very noticing, we have the possibility to reconnect, to begin again. And much of practice is the art of learning to begin again right where we are. And so we may notice sounds at times and silence. We may notice sensations in our body, may feel comfortable and easeful, maybe at times a little uncomfortable or even painful. Just to notice when these things arise, or likewise at times thoughts and feelings may come. When you notice that that's what's there, just acknowledge it, and then returning your attention to the breathing. But not out of rejection, not rejecting the other experience, simply releasing it for now. Coming into the breath as a way of being here. Again and again, we can do this. And as we do, our capacity for connecting and sustaining that quality of presence and conscious attentiveness, it begins to deepen slowly and organically. And if you find at some point you've been lost in unconscious thoughts and dreams and memories and planning for some considerable period of time, again, just be grateful that you've noticed. That's wonderful. Begin again right there. No need to worry about lost time or sort of how much the attention was gone. Just begin where you are wholeheartedly. This we can do. All of us. And so one breath at a time. One moment at a time. Being present and mindful of this experience.
remembering to reconnect, to begin again, when you notice you may have become lost. Coming back to this breath, this body sitting, breathing. Coming back to this moment again and again. May we all abide in conscious presence. May we all abide in ease. 
May all beings abide in conscious presence and in ease. So please take a moment if you need to just adjust your body, your posture. I'd like to uh, speak a little about the walking meditation. But just uh, first noticing, you know, how it is to just move your body a little. Sometimes you can feel some pressure or discomfort build up, tension in the, in the sitting still. Some of it's to do with posture. And some of it's just to do with the fact that we haven't moved for quite a while or not moved very much. And even in a comfortable chair, actually, that's unusual. So just takes a little time for the body to adjust. Don't be too concerned if that was a little challenging in that sense. With the the meditative practice and the the forms that we're using in the the sitting and the walking and the movement within within the yoga... There's this, this process whereby we're bringing a sense of conscious intention, of awareness, of presence into the immediacy of what's happening, into the body, into the here and now. In a way, using our body as a gateway into that sense of immediacy, of presence. And this isn't dependent on the form, on the shape of how our body is or what we're doing with it. It's much more about our inner orientation and the intention we make towards that possibility. So so with sitting and walking meditation, and we also do a little standing meditation in the day, the, the intention is that, that qualitative shift towards being aware of, so far as we can, being conscious of what's happening right here. And then exploring that in different conditions or forms. So in the sitting meditation, it's very still, relatively speaking, to our normal activities. And what tends to stand out is the breathing, because that's kind of the most active thing your body is doing when it's sitting still. So naturally we choose that, not because it's somehow esoteric, it's just here. When we do walking meditation, we pay attention to the experience of taking a step, of how we move our legs and lift our feet and put them back down on the ground, because that's what's primarily happening when we're walking. Mostly, for many of us, um, when we're walking, we're busy getting somewhere else and we're either thinking about where we're going to or thinking about where we've come from and the actual walking is sort of a means to an end. It's not given any great value or significance. And when we do this in so many ways, we disconnect from where we are very easily. So in this process of reconnecting in the walking, we pay attention to simply walking. And we feel the sensations that register in our body that tell us that we're walking. 
so it's again it's not about an image or visualizing or imagining walking just as with the breath we actually feel in our body the sensation of breathing when we walk we feel the experience of walking paying attention to that and coming back to that even though our attention will be drawn to other things as it naturally is but we keep bringing it back and focusing sustaining that attention our capacity to connect and sustain deepens Developing the capacity to connect and sustain with experience starts to give us some possibilities, some options, some choices that without that capacity we don't have. If we, can't, if we haven't developed that capacity, we're pretty much at the mercy of whatever is the strongest or the loudest thing around us. And we'll speak more about the significance of that. But there's something about being able to choose where we place our attention. That's really, really important and transformative, in fact. And so this is something we're developing. And if we're new at it, it takes time. So be patient, be gentle with yourself. And yet, if you can be wholehearted and committed, equally important. So in walking meditation, we find a place where we can walk back and forth. Because we're not going anywhere. We're not heading off somewhere on a journey. We're actually learning to arrive where we are which doesn't require us to go anywhere else. So we find somewhere, can be inside or out. There's the walking meditation room, there's corridors, there's bedrooms, the, the dining room when it's not before a meal time and so therefore it's not being used to set up a meal. Or, and this of course my preference and encouragement, is go outside. It's so lovely to be outdoors, I find, in, in the natural environment of the gardens and the, the grounds. Sometimes it's a little drizzly, but you know we can probably live with that. Anyway, I'll leave it for you to decide where you want to be. But find somewhere you can walk back and forth. And at some level, it looks like completely pointless, meaningless activity. you know. And at one level, it is, which is uh, kind of interesting that we might choose to undertake something that isn't productive in the conventional sense. Like when we're meditating cross-legged, sitting here or kneeling on a chair. So I often have a sense we're going to kind of get somewhere, do something. Very easy for that to arise. It's not that it shouldn't be there, but it's not really what we're here for. Even if that's what we think we're here for. So sometimes our thoughts don't always give us the full truth of the situation. And in terms of when we say what we're here for, if we're thinking about our life, what we're here for. It's not about getting somewhere, but maybe perhaps more fully understanding and inhabiting where we are. And in that, much of what we're looking for, in fact, is resolved. So, finding a place to walk back and forth and walking back and forth can be useful to stop and stand there for a few moments and then walk feeling, just taking one step at a time, no rush, no hurry, get to the end, turn around, walk back, something between 5 and 15 yards, 5 and 15 metres is optimal, it doesn't have to be exactly that, because there's no rush, we're not going anywhere, we can let ourselves slow down, but let that be organic, don't force yourself to go super slow, because that's what you think you're supposed to do, you don't get any more points for walking slowly. You also don't get more points for going back and forth more times than anybody else. There's no points. So, you know, so quickly we start to look, what's the way I'm supposed to do it? What's the best way? Can I get it right? Can I be better? Will I be worse? All that starts to arise for most of us really quickly. 
we're so used to our activities being evaluated, compared, analysed, and often our senses, and they won't be quite good enough. We can drop all of that. We don't need that here. If it comes, okay, it comes, but we don't have to give it any authority in our minds. So for now, standing, coming to a standing position, and uh, we'll just do a little exercise, experiential instruction and walking. So standing with your feet maybe shoulder-width apart. If you can, somewhere where you have a few inches in front of you, a few centimetres, you don't need a lot. And uh, if what you're standing on feels bouncy so you can't feel the ground, maybe move to the side. Or If your feet shoulder-width apart, body relatively upright, just feel your weight coming into your feet. which is simply what happens, particularly if you just slightly unlock your knees, you'll feel how the weight drops down. We often tend to live up in our heads and our energy and our focus goes and rises, a lot of rising up. We lose contact with the earth. Considerable consequences. So here, making contact consciously with the earth, with the ground, feeling the weight. Naturally, gravity draws the body down into the earth. We're feeling that. And just for now... You don't have to have your eyes closed, but just if you have any difficulty feeling the sense of your body, it can help, unless you feel drowsy or dizzy or unsteady, in which case definitely have them open. But just for now, moving your weight into your left leg, just feeling what that's like, and I'll mirror that so I appear to do the same as you if you're looking at me, which is fine. So you're moving your weight into your left leg. Just feel what that's like, how the sensations in the leg change and in the foot changes as the weight comes fully into it. Noticing then the right foot, how it, the sensations have changed there. And then move your weight into your right foot. Feel what happens. As the weight comes into the right, it sort of firms and strengthens in a certain way the sensory experience and becomes lighter or softer in the left. And then moving back into the left, again, just feeling the weight change and the balance that's required to do this. Easy for most of us, really difficult for sort of 10-month-old children, babies who are learning this very complicated activity we're doing now. Mostly we do it unconsciously. So with the weight there in your left foot, the right is released. We can lift it up and move it just a few inches forward. Feel what it's like to move it forward, place it, and then move the weight into it as the weight comes into it. And the left is released. We can just pick that up and move it forward to stand beside the right. So we've barely even taken a step. But this is walking meditation. Now, as I said, you don't have to take such a small, delicate and slow step as we just did. But sometimes it's useful to slow down because it helps us become more sensitized, more in contact with the experience of walking. And walking meditation is simply walking, stopping, standing, turning around and walking back. And that's the practice. And coming back to the experience when we might notice ourselves thinking about what's going to be for lunch or, oh gosh, did I remember to turn off the tap at home? Oh my gosh, you know, hopefully you did. Um, But if you didn't, there's probably someone else has spotted it by now. Whatever it is. How we get pulled or, or we just notice things around us. Sure, that happens, but come back 
feel your feet on the ground. If you get really lost or feel very sort of distressed, agitated, disconnected, stand still for a little while. If it's hard to connect, stand still. Let your body be still. It really supports the mind settling. And then moving again. Finding a pace and a place that seems to support connecting. That's what's important here. Being present and aware of your experience as you walk. So we have half an hour now for some walking. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.